Hello and welcome to the Qubit Guy podcast, brought to you by Classic, the quantum algorithm design company. My name is Yuval, and my guest today is René Schulte, research director at Valorem Reply. Amongst other topics, René described several customers that are taking quantum computing solutions into production environments. These are customers in energy, transportation, and telecommunication verticals. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Please let us know how we did by emailing hello at classic.io. That's hello at classic.io. Hello, Rene, and thanks for joining me today. Hi, Yuval. Thanks for having me. It's fantastic to be here. That's wonderful. So who are you and what do you do? Yeah. So, well, first of all, first of all my name is Rene Schulte. Uh, my role is Director of Global Innovation at a company called Valorum Reply. And what I do there is basically research and development around emerging technology with a focus on typically I say like three key areas. And the first one being spatial computing, things like you know, mixed reality, augmented virtual reality, but also things like 3D sensors, LiDAR and that kind of stuff. Like all things that are related to spatial computing and spatially understanding the world around us. Uh, that also comes with the second, which is computer vision, AI, that kind of stuff. And also robotics and, you know, last but not least, of course, quantum computing. And I've been working in that field since like two or three years on, you know, the applied quantum computing, I would say, and the, the impact we can achieve already today. That is the, the main focus. Like, so res less on the scientific research, but more on what can we do already? How can we use applied quantum computing to provide benefit to our clients? Um, I'm also a Microsoft Regional Director and MVP. These are awards that Microsoft provides to, like they say, community leaders that share the knowledge. So I do a lot of conference talks, um, a lot of virtual conferences these days, um, but also one in person coming up this week, actually, which I'm super excited about. And also, you know, on, on social media and, you know, constantly sharing knowledge, basically. And so that is being honored with these awards. Uh, so doing a lot of things. I also have my own little quantum computing video series. So think about like a podcast, but you can actually see the people while they're talking, um, which I call Qbytes, not Qubits, but Qbytes with another E. Um, and so I call it Qbytes, bite-sized pieces of quantum computing. And uh, yeah, so that's, that's me. That's what I do. Um, you know, basically always having my ear on the, the industry pulse in all of these areas. Uh, very technical, but also I understand the strategy and business all around. And um, yeah, I'm always passionate about all of these topics. And in terms of geography, I think Reply is a global business, but do you focus primarily on Europe or in other yeah, uh, yeah. areas? Yeah, that's a, that's a good question. So um, like I said, I work for Valorum Reply. Valorum Reply is a U.S. company. Um, I actually live in Germany, working for U.S. companies since almost a decade now. Um, but actually, Valorum Reply is part of the Reply Group, which is headquartered in Italy and has a strong presence in Europe, in Italy, in Germany, all over the place. But like I said, Reply really has offices all over the place in the US, in the UK, in Germany, in Italy, all over the place. And I work a lot together with my colleagues, uh, for example, from Data Reply when it comes to quantum computing um, and the machine learning reply, but also at Valorum Reply, we do uh, a lot of uh, interesting stuff in that space, yeah. Excellent. And what basically what we do is professional services consulting in the end, uh, but not just on a strategy level, but really 
we can start on a strategy, but then we also support the clients throughout the whole development as well. And so we sometimes do our own product development, but oftentimes it's custom development for clients and it contains all different vendors. So it's not just Microsoft, but it's all of them are part of the, basically what we, what we develop with and uh, vendor independent, but also a lot of different technologies. Um, Reply is around 10,000 people uh, split up into multiple sub companies basically. But as you can imagine, just from the size, it's basically general professional services all, all related to software, but also a little bit of hardware. So when you focus on quantum clients, do you see that in a particular industry, a particular application? Is it a pure quantum or is it more of the quantum inspired optimizations and so on? Tell me a little bit about what you're seeing in the market in terms of where quantum is taking hold. Absolutely. And so we don't see like a particular industry. Of course, there are certain industries that are well suited um, at the moment. Um, I would say everything that has a strong nonlinear challenge, right, which could be drug discovery, fertilizers, chemical processing in general. I mean, if we think about how chemistry actually works, really works, it's quantum chemistry, right? And so using quantum computing to actually be able to simulate how the chemistry, how our universe is really built is, of course, very beneficial. And there's a strong um, advantage in the, in these industries, of course, but it's, it's really, it's not just particular industries. We're working with uh, automotive, we're working with telecommunications with, you know, um, utilities sector as a bunch of our clients. And, and, uh, and I can share some examples later of some of the projects we already executed and, and the things we see there. Uh, but, but first of all, I would, I would say like right now we focus on three key areas and the first one being uh, quantum machine learning, which basically um, is, is analysis of classical data on quantum computers, right? And you can already achieve some really interesting things. And we are part of a, a bunch of projects and, and research there, which unfortunately I cannot mention because of NDA reasons. But with QML, with quantum machine learning, there's amazing stuff that can be done, for example, for image classification, right? And some of our experiments have shown that um, certain newer QML algorithms provide not just a faster result than classic machine learning, but actually are also more precise, which is crazy if you think about it. It's not just faster, but also more precise. But again, like if you think about how is our universe, universe built on the smallest scale, it's all quantum mechanics, right? So, you know, applying quantum machine learning maybe also gets closer to the real reality of our analog world, you know, which is of course, build on this principle of, you know, uncertainty, if you will, compared to this kind of digital world, which is just zero one, right? So getting closer to the nature um, also helps us to simulate faster, but also better, which is interesting. So QML is one. Uh, another one is, um, of course, quantum-inspired optimization, which we uh, developed um, a certain solver, which is called Cubo, quadratic unconstrained binary optimization. And the idea behind uh, general quantum inspired computing and in particular quantum inspired optimization is using principles of quantum computing and quantum algorithms 
but not having them run on quantum computers and real quantum computers, but having them execute on classical computers. But of course, very powerful ones, like think about GPU, like graphics card array in the, you know, where you can execute a lot of parallel operations or FPGAs or some of those, right? Where you can really uh, do some, some interesting workloads there. And so you can leverage quantum computing principles, implement these in algorithms and then run them on these kind of classical hardware and achieve better optimization results and faster than classical algorithms, than classical optimization algorithms on classical hardware, right? And if you think about the future, like once we have enough powerful quantum computers available, well, these algorithms don't have to be rewritten, right? Because they are already built for quantum computers, um, but they will just fly if you basically um, you know, execute them on a true quantum computer. And we can, we can talk a little bit more about that later. Like I can share some, some use cases here where we're seeing really quite a great return of investment with quantum inspired optimization. But I just want to mention also the, the third key area, um, which we see is quantum security and, uh, you know, quantum communication, all of that is related uh, to, the, to the quantum security field, right? Which of course you have the, the two kind of, um, I would say like on, on one hand, quantum security is a threat as we know, right? Uh, with Shor's algorithm, you can uh, crack encryption like RSA. And once there's enough powerful uh, machines available, once there are enough powerful um, quantum computers available, it is said that if you have uh, 4,000 stable qubits, you can crack RSA 204080, right? Which is the, the, the current standard for a lot of secure communication. Like the whole internet is built on, um, you know, secure communication these days. And so if you can crack those, well, then a lot of bad things will happen, of course, right? And this is going to happen in a few years for sure. Uh, you might've heard IBM announced that they are planning in two years in 2023 to have a quantum computer with 1000 qubits. Right, so it's getting closer, and with 1,000 qubits, you might be able to actually already crack. Like, I don't know, I didn't do the math, but let's say RSA 2056 or so already, right? And so there's this big threat of, um, you know, the so-called Q day is coming, or in relation to the millennial buck that you might know, it's also sometimes called Y2Q day. Uh, it will happen. And so what we provide um, as a service is, for example, you know, consultation, but also um, advice for clients what they can do already today because they don't have to wait until it's too late with the queue day but they can already do certain things already today right so this is this is really interesting when it comes to quantum security because it will happen it's just a matter of time uh, but folks should prepare now and so this is where we are putting a lot of focus but also there's you know with quantum security there's also the quantum communication like quantum key distribution where you can securely exchange keys uh, like, you know, uh, symmetric keys and that stuff. So there's also opportunities with, you know, also true random numbers and so on that you can generate with uh, quantum computing. And um, all of these kind of free areas like quantum machine learning, a quantum inspired optimization, quantum security, all where we see the biggest impact when we work with our clients, where there's, uh, you know, achievable impact already today. And even if the infancy of the quantum computing hardware like especially quantum inspired computing is running these algorithms faster than classical hardware, right? And um, yeah, that's uh, I think really impressive that we can actually already achieve um, with these infancy, with the infancy of the hardware, we can use the principles to build software with quantum inspired computing that is outpacing classical optimization algorithms.
So given the infancy of the hardware and given that there's a widespread interest in quantum computing, do you see the ROI today? Do you see companies actually moving quantum projects into production and getting real business value from it? Yeah. Or is it more on the exploratory side? Let me investigate this, let me investigate that. And maybe in a couple of years, we will move it into production. Yeah, um, a, lot, a lot of the, these projects, are of course, and I would say a pilot phase, but uh, one of our clients actually moved their um, um, quantum inspired solution into production already. I, I cannot mention the name here, but it's uh, one of the largest energy grid providers in the world. And uh, they basically maintain these um, energy grids, as you can imagine, like, you know, landlines and um, transformation stations and whatnot, you know, a lot of stuff. And they have like 20,000 field service workers, like 20,000 people that every day have a certain schedule where they need to, um, you know, drive with the car or whatever way of transportation they use. But basically go to these certain um, stops, they need to perform an action like, I don't know, repair a transformator or whatever it is, right? And so they have these 20,000 field service worker, which their schedule has to be planned in advance, of course. And so as you probably know, um, you know, being from uh, the computer science, there's a classical NP complex problem, which is called the TSP, the traveling salesman problem, right? Or a scheduling um, optimization problem, right? So the more stops you add, the, ex the more exponential will grow, right? So the more complex it gets, because what the optimization goal you want to achieve with that is, of course, you want to maximize the time that um, the field service worker spend working or but you want to minimize at the same time the time they spend on the road like traveling basically right so you want to opt you want to find the optimal schedule and long story short um, for this client we um, introduced our mega cubo solution this quadratic unconstrained binary optimization algorithm and this can be used for this workforce management right and so in a few minutes the optimization algorithm that we developed can identify a schedule that maximizes the, the amount of time spent working while minimizing the time spent on the road right what they achieve is um, pretty impressive they achieve a 20% reduction of travel time for 20,000 field service workers, right? And this is an execution time speed up of 18 times on a GPU cluster, right? Um, and so that is some, I think some pretty telling numbers. So this is um, a lot of time and money saved there. And this is done again with quantum inspired optimization with our mega cubo solution where you can put in certain things and then it, it gives you the optimal schedule as an output. And um, this, is, this is one example. And another few examples where we're working with clients is um, like a large telecom operator um, again, so the, the one I just mentioned, the case, this is um, deployed in production already, right? So this is running and it's optimizing the schedule and gives a lot of ROI as if you can do the math yourself, like 20% reduction travel time for 20,000 field service worker. That's big money, of course, right? Uh, but we're also part in a bunch of challenges like the Airbus quantum computing challenge. We took part in that and um, a, a team of machine learning, a reply actually uh, was... Um, winning that. So the, the machine learning reply folks uh, won the Airbus quantum computing challenge with a solution. Um, again, also an optimization solver, an optimizer, basically. Well, that optimize 
the loading of a plane, as you can imagine, that is a super complex problems with, I don't know, like hundreds of variables, maybe like, I don't know, like, you know, you have to sample of the mass of the plane. You have these, all these physical constraints. You cannot go over a certain um, mass in total. You have to distribute the weight in a certain way. You want to minimize the fuel that has to be used. Uh, you want to minimize the time the plane is on the ground and all of that. So there's a bunch of things if you want to load a plane optimally, that is very complex and challenging. And so we developed this solution um, and won the Airbus Quantum Computing Challenge, for example. Uh, another example is for a telecom operator. We did a pilot project there where we were using, again, optimization solver, uh, Megacubo, to optimize the distribution of uh, the, the basically the um, um, frequency range, right? So as you can imagine, think about um, you know, a, a 5G a network, like um, antenna, like a cell tower, if you will. And so, of course, this cell tower can only serve a certain amount of users, right? At some point, it's it's maxed out. And so you want to optimize. And so basically, they have this, this range, and they want to optimize. It's a little bit fragmented, right? And they want to optimize the, the max. They want to have as many users as possible. And so you need to um, basically pack them in in an optimal way. And this is also um, showing some really um, promising speed ups when it comes to using quantum inspired optimization for this, right? So to grow your business, uh, the quantum side of your business, obviously you want more customers to move into production and more customers to show positive ROI. Other than stronger computers, what do you think is missing? What is needed to accelerate that deployment of quantum solutions? Yeah, well, you, you can split it in multiple areas, I would say. But if we're thinking about, um, like, like from a technical standpoint, I think there is an, um, a need also to have this kind of, um, how would I say, like this, this middle layer on also the programming language available that can be used not just with one particular quantum computer. Because uh, you need to imagine like these quantum computers are in a very early stage, of course, right? Think about the mainframe area in the last, um, in the 20th, in the 19th, in the 20th century, of course, not in the 19th century, but in 20th century, in the middle of the 20th century, we had these mainframe area, right? And so this is probably comparable to the state of quantum computers today. Of course, it's not 100% comparable, but you get the idea, right? It's huge things and they're very, they have all uh, specific ways to program them, right? And so you actually have to talk to them, to these quantum computers and program them in with a machine language or, well, it's not even comparable to assembler for classic computers, but really um, you need to, you know, basically uh, use a language that is not a high level programming language. And also you're very much dependent on that certain quantum computer. And so the challenge for the development, I think that is, being solved at the moment um, with things like, for example, um, you know, QShop, for example, or other from IBM, they also have some stuff um, and a couple of other companies, of course. But basically you have a high level programming language which you can write your quantum algorithms in. And then you have a middle layer, basically an interpreter or a, um, like for QShop, it's the QIR, the quantum intermediate representation, which is, um, a representation of your code that can then with a, a you know with a machine specific runtime can run on any of those right so you basically have a high level programming language 
you have one language and you can target, you know, whatever kind of quantum computers out there, as long as each of them provides a runtime that can talk with your QIR basically. And so long story short, what I think is missing is, and but it, I think it's being solved is this kind of, you know, um, generic and, and more approachable um, programming style and programming languages for quantum computers. Uh, but, you know, beside the technical things, of course, there's also in general, uh, you know, clients might be hesitant because they might still think, oh, yeah, I heard about quantum computing, but this is a thing that might be happening in 10 years or so. So we, sh we don't care about it at the moment, right? That's what you hear oftentimes. And that's why also with my, my Qubytes uh, video series, I try to focus on the impact today because um, there is already achievable ROI with a certain solutions. And I think we need to show more cases uh, where you can see the real benefit that can be achieved already today, right? But of course, we also need, uh, you know, more powerful quantum computing hardware. And another thing, which I'm also great that you, for example, you will have the podcast here and, you know, I'm doing my video series and I know there's a, a couple of other folks that also do podcasts or video series, uh, is the education, right? And, and knowledge sharing in that space and getting quantum computing out of the, the research world and out of this kind of a little bit exclusive club, if you will, um, to be more approachable for everyone. Because you you need not just uh, you know folks that have a PhD in physics, but you also need uh, people that understand you know program management or project management. And uh, you need, of course, engineers. You need um, developers. You need marketing folks. You need you know all of this. What we know from classical. Uh, computing is now needed because we're uh, getting out of the the science and research stage and getting into real applied quantum computing even in its infancy so i think what we need is more folks joining the quantum computing bandwagon if you will that are not coming from the pure quantum information or quantum computing uh, background from the university but also you know more diverse background and a more inclusive community and then we also need to show more um, ROI that can be achieved with um, these quantum solutions today. And like I said, of course, um, from a technical standpoint, um, which is already being solved with QShop and a few language other things, is this kind of um, not just targeting specific quantum computers, but having more of a generic programming language. I was speaking with a, a partner from McKinsey the other day, and he yeah. mentioned a term that he called business translator. So someone who says, I can translate the technical benefits of quantum into a business benefit, into the ROI. This is not just what it does, but also why should you care and how can we deliver value today and which projects you'll have to wait a couple of years before you can see real yeah. value. I, I like that term. And I think it, it may be actually what your company does, amongst other things, is help communicate the business value to the customers. Exactly. And actually executing those, right? Uh, we can communicate it, but we can also deliver. And that's, yeah, important. <laughs> um, my, my last question, you mentioned that uh, Reply is, is built out of uh, several different companies, several different units. Do you see quantum projects as standalone projects or do you see them integrated into a broader enterprise software or hardware architecture uh, oh, where's the data center? What's the SLA? How does data come in? How does data get out? Is it isolated or is it integrated? 
yeah um both i would say it really depends on the clients um also it depends of course from the business um, development standpoint like what is the client relationship right what, what which folks are involved there uh, but from the the typical thing um uh, like the the quantum projects themselves there are typically um like you know specific things because like you cannot just um you know solve every problem with a quantum computer that's also a, a misconception a lot of folks i talk with um not the experts of course but a lot of like folks that are just hearing about quantum computing uh, there's a little bit of, of of this this kind of misconception that quantum computers will be these kind of generic computers right and uh while i'm holding up here my smartphone and showing that to you that we will have a quantum computer running in our smartphone right or a quantum computer running in our laptop well this is not going to happen at least not anytime soon um, quantum computers on addition like they're not going to replace classical computers and they're on addition and you can rather compare it with a gpu like which, which is a specific graphics processing unit right which is specific well built for certain tasks that's the same thing with a quantum computer although they are much larger than just a graphics card in your pc and work a little bit differently quite a lot differently but you can think about just another acceleration vehicle for specific problems right and so typically it's a very specific problem that needs to be identified first so and, and what we do is our what we call the reply roadmap to early value value with quantum inspired optimization is we go uh, with the, we go in with the client we do a workshop and then we actually select a certain scenario that is well suited right that actually benefits from a quantum computer because like i said not every problem is of course um, solvable or well solvable with a quantum computer in a sense that you get actually benefit out of it right and then we identify this problem and then we introduce a certain quantum computing algorithm it could be cubo it could be um, some other things like there's also monte carlo and a bunch of other basically quantum inspired um, optimization algorithms that you can use and it depends on the specific scenario which is the best one so we select the scenario introduce the optimal quantum computing algorithm and then in the short term we can run these um, developed quantum inspired optimization solver on a classical hardware like a gpu array uh, but and then long term you can take the exact same algorithm that was developed and put them on a quantum computer and well on this one it will just fly right it will be even faster but uh, that's typically how we approach these projects. Rene, that was a wealth of information. How can people get in touch with you to learn more about your work? Yeah, well, you can find me on most social media. Um, for example, LinkedIn, um, just search for my name, Rene Schulte. Um, feel free to connect. Um, also on Twitter, you can find me. My handle is R-S-C-H-U. Um, and I keep constantly sharing lots of stuff on social media, so um, you might want to connect there. And then also my little video series, you can find it uh, called Qbytes, like just like a qubit, but just with another E and S at the end, you know, a little bite to eat. So Qbytes, uh, you can find it at the replay.com site. Um, and also if you just search with your favorite search engine, you will probably find it. And yeah, happy to connect. And uh, thanks for uh, these great questions, by the way. You will. Well, thank you very much for joining me today. Thank you so much for having me. It was a, a pleasure to be here.